Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. miraculous stories and the things that have happened to our friends this is going to encourage us and also to stir up our faith that indeed god is still in the miracle working business amen oh church amen help me welcome prince sefa to bring us his testimony prince sefa Introduce yourself to the church. Hello, church. I'm Prince Enim Sefa, and I'm from the Prayer Basanta. For some weeks now, the Prayer Basanta has been testifying. Oh, hey, is there a secret somewhere? Is there a key? Please tell us about your testimony. Okay, so my testimony is about how God came through for me in my end of STEM examination through the prayers of our prophet, E.S. Joy. Amen. Church, you missed a good point to put your hands together. Prince, please tell us how it happened. Okay, so it all happened on the day I had my entomology paper. Entomology paper, the entomology course is actually a very wide and broad course, and you need to study a lot and then revise well to be well prepared for the exam. But um, actually, before the paper, we had a day interval, but then I wasn't able to revise effectively because I was feeling weak and down and tired. How many of you can, can relate to what he's saying? Sometimes the paper you are going to write is very serious, but it's like, it's, it's not doing. Sister <laughs> said, why am I? Why am I? Why are weak? So what happened? So the truth is that I wasn't able to even open my slides or anything. Church, amen. So on the day of the paper, early in the morning, Pastor David sent us the prayers of ah, our prophet, Yes, Joy onto our page. Yeah, so what I did was that I opened the prayers and I knelt down in my room and I lifted up my hands. <laughs> you see, some of you when, you, when you even download, when they send the prayer to your pages, you don't download it. There are also an, there's also another group, when you download it, you listen to it casually. You don't take it seriously. Prince so, is about to tell you something. What, how did you listen to the prayer? Say it again. So I was like, I knelt down in my room and I lifted up my hands. And I was like, God, I need a miracle today. I need you to come through for me. And even as I listened to mommy pray for us, she said something. She said that today, whatever you touch, whatever you study, let it be the same things that appear in the exam room. So I, I met with my study group. That's a few hours before the paper. And then we were all studying a lot of things, so I was scared. <laughs> 
when I saw the staff, they were studying, I was like, Ish, my God. <laughs> my God, help me. So I, I opened up my handouts and then, I don't know, I was just being drawn to particular stuff, like to be led to some particular diagram. Yeah, so I, I, I paid attention to the details of certain diagrams and certain aspects of my course. And I was just then, I also received some online questions. And I solved all of the online questions. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so when I, when I was solving all these things, my parents were like, these things you are learning, they won't come. You are just wasting your time. <laughs> so when I entered into the exam room, to my surprise, it was the exact same thing. Church, I don't know why you are still sitting down like that. I don't know if there are students here. I don't know if there are some of you who have written certain papers. the exact same thing. Every single diagram I saw before the paper appeared. See, the, the, what he said is that when he was listening to Sister Joy's prayer, Sister Joy said, the very last things that you read before the paper, may those things be the exact things you go and meet when you enter the exam hall. And when he entered the exam hall, the diagrams he was studying, those were the exact same things that were in the exam. I don't know why you are still sitting down like that. Some of you are at home. Those of you watching us from the house, those of you who just wrote certain papers, receive grace, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So they, they were the exact same things. Actually, I finished the paper one hour, 30 minutes before the time. Wow! What a miracle! For someone, for someone who was feeling weak and couldn't, couldn't study, wasn't motivated to study, he has now gone to the exam and he has finished an hour and a half before time. Receive it in Jesus' name. So the time left, I, I just used the time left to go through my wow. questions and, so and my answers to, to see if wow. everything was all right. Yeah, so what I want to tell the church today is that they should believe every word that comes out from the mouth of our prophet here is joy. And then our lives will never be the same, even as we open ourselves to receive her words, her prophet signs, and her prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, why don't you appreciate Prince Sefa for such an amazing testimony? Amen. And I also want to add that when you when you when you and listening to the prayers and all of it. Attach seriousness and faith to it. Yeah. Attach seriousness and faith. Don't just think that one of your voice notes, it's like your beloved has sent you a voice note. They are just... Oh no. There's a difference. A big difference. Amen. We have a second testimony. Amen. Church, help me welcome Josephine to bring us her testimony. of you remember this lady like a few weeks ago she had two testimonies so please I, I tap I tap <laughs> please reintroduce yourself to us hi church please I'm Josephine from the prayer basanta there, there is something happening in the prayer basanta and if you are here and you do not belong to any basanta 
I recommend the prayer that contacts you. Even me, I'm joining them. I'll join you online. <laughs> Please tell us about your testimony. Please, my testimony is about a miracle phone. Wow! They didn't hear. Your testimony is about what? A miracle phone. You see, I know at least five of you here who have faulty phones. And when she said her testimony is about a miracle phone, you are still sitting down there like that. You are not tapping. Please tell us how it happened. Anyawe. So for during the lockdown, my phone started giving me a lot of issues. Wow. I was doing the administrative work for Pastor David and my phone, my WhatsApp would just stop working because wow. the space was so small, it couldn't contain the pressure, so it would just stop working. And I started praying for a new phone. Wow. Yes, so for almost a year now, I've been wow. praying for a new phone. Wow. Yes, I, I was reading how to pray, prayer secrets by Kenneth Hagen, wow. and I saw that you could agree in the spirit and then pray for something that's Matthew 18 19 wow and I prayed I spoke to my friend and we prayed about he received the phone and mine didn't come I was like Lord why why is it not coming I was still having persistent problems like that so when we were writing our exam after the first week my roommate and I and a friend from church were discussing something and I just remembered Pastor David told us that in the prayer basanta we don't pray for our own issues. We pray for the church. So we could actually believe in Matthew 6, 33. And then believe in God that as we seek him first, uh, he's, all all, yes, he's going to give us all church, that. You missed a good point to put your hands together. I want to believe you are quiet because like, you, you are moved. You are touched by it. Yeah. Continue. Yes, so he said we should write our needs on a sheet of paper and then put it in an envelope wow. and write Matthew says 33. Wow. And when we come for the prayer meet, we just drop it on the altar. Wow. Yes. So when I came, it was that day, we, that, that day we had a conversation was a Friday. Okay. So that Saturday, they even reminded me, Joseph, have you bought your envelope? I was like, yeah, thank you. And I bought it and I brought it. So I just dropped it right here, just there. And so two weeks after our exams, I called my brother. We were having a casual conversation. And I just reminded him that, oh, my phone is still worrying me. And he said, oh, I bought your new phone two weeks ago. Wow! I don't know why you are sitting down like that. KB, I don't know why you are sitting down like that. Telasi, I'm happy you are out. And the most amazing part is that actually had a limit that oh since he has given my sister an 11 pro maybe uh, mine is going to be last last an x but not knowing he even bought the same thing and like comparing the space of the phone it was even higher church i don't know why you are still sitting down some of you are believing god for a phone but you're only believing god for a huawei an itel an infinite may your, your faith be stirred this morning to believe God for an iPhone. Tell us to say amen. So, Your iPhone 5 is changing in Jesus' name. So by the grace of God, I received an 11 Pro Max. I'm overwhelmed. You have received an 11 Pro Max. Church, how many of us are going to join the prayer basanta? 
There's something happening there. There's something happening there. Yeah. It's a key. It's a key. Prayer works. And praying for others works. What do you want to tell the church? I want to tell the church that whatever work you are doing here, just believe in God that your efforts and your labor will never go in vain. Amen. Church, why don't you appreciate Josephine for such an amazing testimony? Oh, the louder your hand clap, the sooner your miracle is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Your hand clap is too weak. The bigger your hand clap, the greater your blessing. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we please be seated? Wow. Today, tell your neighbor, today is a special day. Because today our pastor is in the house. I'm so happy to hear her voice to minister to my soul. Hallelujah. Amen. But before she comes to preach, I want us to learn the scripture for the week. Hallelujah. Last week, you remember we learned a scripture? Beloved, I wish above all things, thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. Hallelujah. So if you are saying beloved, don't look at anybody. Otherwise, the person may think you are telling me I'm your beloved. <laughs> Hallelujah. But today I want to turn to a very powerful, important verse in Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Wow. It, it looks a lot. Relax. You can say it. <laughs> Yes, we can do all things. It looks a lot, but we'll, we'll be okay. We can say it. You'll be surprised that you can say it. Hallelujah. So the verse is Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Say the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests, that despise my name. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? What a powerful verse. <laughs> I like this verse. Hallelujah. But it is easy. You can say, it says, a son honoreth his father. So, a son father 
servant master, isn't it? Yeah. Father, honor, master, fear. Okay? So let's go. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Again, Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. So we are going to see the first two phrases. Okay? A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? We want to take that first part again. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Powerful. So let's say for the last time and continue in the last, next verse. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. And a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests, that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Okay, so we're going to say it all over again from the beginning. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honoreth his father. We are saying it together. Okay, let's start. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Say the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Let's say it again. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests, that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Powerful. Put your hands together for yourself. Okay. So, all the ladies are going to say it. Let's go. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. And if I be a master, where is my fear? Say the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name. And ye say it. Wherein have we despised thy name? Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Amen. 
Gentlemen, let's go. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Let's start again, please. <laughs> we disgrace ourselves here, please. Let's go. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests, that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Powerful. Okay. So we are going to cover it and we are going to say it. But let's say it for the last time before we close it. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a where is my fear? The Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that saith name. He say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. It will work. Let's cover it and say it. Hallelujah. Amen. It will work, isn't it? It has worked. Okay. Let's go. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that's my name, and you say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Malachi chapter 1, verse 6. Put your hands together for Jesus and put your hands together for yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a powerful verse, isn't it? Yes. So it means we have to honor a father. Anybody who is a father to you, you honor him, you respect him. You don't speak badly about that person. Yes. If you have a father in the house, you respect that person, isn't it? Your pastor is the father to you too. You respect the pe person, okay? And you don't speak badly. That's the meaning of honor. You respect, isn't it? Powerful. So there's a verse we should live by. Hallelujah. If you have a teacher in the school, he's sort of an authority over you. You don't disrespect the person at all. Hallelujah. Powerful. Put your hands together for our father for bringing this scripture every sunday we are our scripture knowledge is going up isn't it powerful but today we are about to be blessed hallelujah the bible says in psalm first samuel 3 verse 21 the bible says that and the lord appeared again in shiloh for the lord revealed himself to samuel in shiloh by the word of god so God can reveal himself to you by the word of God. Hallelujah. And today, the Lord is about to reveal himself to you today. By the preaching of the prophet that God has given to us, the pastor that God has given to us, our lives are about to change. I want you to put your hands together and let's welcome our pastor, E.S. Joy. Put your hands together for her. 
Put your hands together for the Lord. Keep clapping, keep clapping. Not for me, but for the Lord. Hey, is that the best clap you can give? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wow, it's such a pleasure to be here today and to see you. Amen. I want to also say hello to those of you who are online. The present service is at home. And I believe that some of you at least are online. And God bless you. It's been a while away. That is all for better things. Amen. I've really missed my church, I tell you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Last week, Sunday, by this time, we were at the Life Cathedral with Bishop Bintefo. Amen. After our time with him, I mean, we've been, we too, we go and pray. Yeah. You should be happy you belong to a church that goes to seek the face of the Lord. That the leaders go to seek the face of the Lord. Are you here? Hey, you are very quiet. Yeah, yeah. And we've had a good time. And I believe that the Lord is leading us. Just lift up two hands this morning. And thank God for your life. Thank him for his mercy towards you. Thank him that, in fact, the grace of God is with us. Amen. Father, we are so grateful. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. Thank you, those of you online. Thank the Lord for taking you safely through your exams and just helping you for all the wonderful testimonies. And those of you who are here in the house, God has kept us. We've been through so many different things, but we are here together. Just give him praise. 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 We give you praise, O Lord God Almighty. Yes. worship Him a little bit this We are grateful. Let's take that time. Worship Him a little bit this morning. Jesus, Jesus, how can I? How beautiful you are to me. Oh, Jesus, song that the angels sing. Jesus, dearer to my heart than Than springtime goes with the wind, you need to be fast. Than sunshine, heaven, my song will be. Jesus, you're beautiful. Let's take it from the top one more time. You're singing a love song to Jesus. Bright as the morning star, Jesus, how can I tell you how beautiful you are to me? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, song that be. 
for the Lord. You are not putting it together for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's been a season away and I have to say that the testimonies have been interesting. I think I'm joining the prayer button. I mean, the way it is, you know. The way it is, you know. Tell me, but the way it is, you know. The way it is. Hallelujah. But I believe that we live in very exciting times and there are a lot of exciting things that are going on. Amen. Are you in the house or you have traveled this morning? Today I'm going to be talking to you about a subject that I think it is relevant at all times, but after I started to prepare, I suddenly discovered that it is even more relevant for these times. Amen. I'm going to be talking to you about commitment. <laughs> about commitment, you know. Yes. I'm going to be talking to you about commitment. And once again, as a church, we are at a point where you need to understand who you are and make up your mind. Uh -huh. Some of you today, maybe somebody visited, invited you and you came to church, but you don't usually come. It's time to commit somewhere. Amen? Be committed in what you do. Are you there or you have traveled this fine, this fine Sunday morning? When I saw our scripture for the week, I almost couldn't believe it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want to say that as a church, we are at a point and at a time when you need to understand who you are and you need to decide I'm for or I'm against. And if you are against, all the doors are open, they are never shut, so that you can leave. It's better not to be in a place than to be there and not commit. Okay? If I be a father, where? Is my honor and if I be a master where is my fear don't be in a place where you cannot honor the father 
and you cannot fear a master. Don't be there for your own sake. Hey? Ajay. <laughs> yeah. Are you there? You must believe in what you are doing. And I am amazed at the Bible at times because it's like, ah, the scripture, was it written because of the happenings of this week? No, it was in the Bible. It's there. So the Bible truly is our guide. And it will help you and show you how to behave. And I keep on saying to you that a father, you don't misbehave. Even for a father who is not correct. Yeah, if your father is a lizard, that's your father. Honor the lizard. Because he didn't say a father who is doing right. No. Honor thy father and thy mother that it may be well with you. And I personally know people who have not honored and have not done well. Tell your neighbor, it's minus me. And so I believe that this sermon on commitment, I actually was just looking, I wanted to just preach one sermon because the two services are together this week. By next week, probably next week will be our last service together, then we separate again. So I didn't want a long series. Yeah, I wanted something short. And then the Holy Ghost just prompted me that every once in a while we talk about commitment. Are you there? Anytime you see a man who is 40 years old, he has not married. Usually his issue is commitment. He can't commit. It's not that he doesn't have feelings. It's not that he doesn't bear. But he can't commit. And commitment is crucial and it's important if you plan to bear sound fruit. Uh If you plan to bear sound fruit, you need to commit. Are you in the house? What do I mean by sound fruit? You can have fruit that is not sound. Yeah. You can have fruit that is not sound. But if you're going to have sound fruit around which there's no discussion, it is understood who this fruit is. When a young lady says yes to a man and they marry, they have signed their commitment. Usually when the baby is born, we don't inquire who is the father. I think it's kind of obvious. Uh, Please, did I leave you in Accra or something? Are you here? Ah, okay. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. I'm just checking if you are here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Why? Because we feel that the two have shown that we want to be committed to each other. It doesn't mean that they never have problems. They may have problems. The house may even rock a little bit. But they have signed. And in that signing, they are saying that I am committing I am committing. Some of you, you go and you take your marriage vows and you just say, I do, I do, I will, I will. You are not thinking. You better think first, though. Tell your neighbor, you better think before you come and say, I will. Hey. Hello. Not only do they say, I will, they say, I certainly will. Now, when the man has been transferred to uh, uh, where? Somewhere, to Laura, then you start giving excuses. Uh, you see, I cannot. What were you thinking about when you came to say I certainly will? Then you should have said I won't, or you should have said upon on certain occasions, <laughs> or you should have said sometime. But you answered, I certainly will, and God heard you, and we also heard you. It's time to be committed. Hey, are you in the house? <laughs> so if you're going to achieve anything. You need to be committed. And as a church, if we are going to achieve anything, when I say achieve anything, if we are going to be relevant to people, a church must be relevant. 
It must be a place where you are able to bring your friend and say, oh, you come, let's go. I know a place where they'll pray for you. Are you here? And if we are to be a useful church, because there are many useless churches, God forgive me. Jesus left his church on earth to be a blessing to human beings. That's why Matthew 6.33 is necessary. Otherwise, honestly, we are wasting our time. If we will not have any impact on others, if we will not draw any others, let's go home. Ah, or you're not tired of the plenty mangana and issues in the world. Plenty issues. And sometimes you are just, I mean, bowled over as people are the issues. So we, let's go to heaven. Heaven, you enter rental. Ah. Nicer than anything you've ever lived in. With enough space. Some of you, your room is like a cupboard. You see, the room is okay, but the number of you who are sharing it, you know, the part that is for you is like a cupboard. Meanwhile, in heaven, who a man should be a who? But the only reason why he left us here is because of other people. So if we are going to be relevant at all to others, then we need some commitment. Are you in the house? We spend so much time and energy and data calling people who are here. You are not committed and you are wasting our time. You have been in the church for four years, yet if we don't call you, you don't come regularly to church. What is your use? Can we not stop calling you? By this time, you should also have joined us to call somebody else, to visit somebody else. Every day, we're going round and round and round and round and round and round in circles with you. Because you won't commit. You won't commit. You said you were going to be a singer. Singers rehearse, please. So when it is rehearsal time, why are you not coming with excuses? If you knew that Saturday you cannot be here, you shouldn't have said you were going to sing. Hey. You see, I've not planned to pass here, but I'm passing there. <laughs> you see. And the truth is that it's because you are not committed. I'm not committed. Hey, Charlie, it's serious, so ask your neighbor, are you the type they have to keep calling? By now, you should have grown up. By now. What is your commitment? You are a Christian, but you have never settled down in a church. What is wrong with you? You are like a rolling stone. We don't use rolling stones to build buildings. How would you feel if we came and every morning when we come, four blocks in the building have gone away? Would you even feel safe in the building? But some of us, that's how we are. That if the church is a building and the Bible says that we are God's building, then we are missing stones. You come to church once a month. Or you come one, two, three, then you disappear for two or three months. We don't know when you are coming. You see, the reason why we don't visit you when you don't come, you come and say, I was sick, nobody visited you. The truth is, we didn't know you were sick. We thought you were just doing your normal things. It is when the person is committed and we don't see them, then we run and go and say, hey, this person is always here. What has happened? But you, I see you, I don't see you. Oh, today this behavior is changing. Amen. If you find yourself here, you have not been brought here by mistake or by chance. Commit to something. And it is when you commit, that's when the thing becomes sweet. Yeah. 
That's when it becomes, for as long as you are hanger on, it's not nice. But when you commit, that's when you will see what is inside the house. It's the people who live in the house who enjoy the house. Not the people who go and come, go and come, or they are passing by on the road. Hey! Are you there? Uncommitted people are very dangerous people. There are two kinds of nurses. Committed nurses who like what they are doing. When you meet an uncommitted nurse, you have met Lucifer in human flesh. Oh yes, it is true. They can easily kill you. Easily, and they kill. And they kill. Hey, you report to the place. When they check you, your blood sugar is low. They say, Come and lie here so that we come and help you. Then an uncommitted nurse, she won't read. They say the person sugar, eh? Ah, sugar, dear, the person is diabetic. Now, what? Fat injection. No, no, they are whoa. You will die like a chicken. No, be a who? Uncommitted people. Uncommitted. And I was a pastor of young people. I was once there when uh, I'm still a pastor of young people. One of my guys came shivering. He said, What is wrong with you? Master, this you are walking up and down. Eh? Hmm. Okay. He came and he said, The doctor says that I've got liver cancer. I said, wait, wait, wait. Then I asked him a question. When he went to see the doctor, did he palpate your liver? I said, no, he didn't touch me at all. Did he do any exam te- lab tests to show that something? He said, oh, no, he didn't. That's what I'm telling that. That's a non-committed doctor at work. You're not committed. You just look at the guy. Look at him. Please ask your neighbor. I hope you are not one of those non-committed, non-committed doctors. No, no. <laughs> Hey, are you in the house today? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in the same way as a non-committed doctor or nurse, these are people who take care of the body of man. And one of them who is not committed can kill you. In the same way, an uncommitted Christian can easily remove the life of somebody. As they are watching a Christian who's like this and like this, like this and like this. As some people are sitting down writing things. Our father is like this, like that, like that, like that, like that, like that. Another person who was watching and needed to be saved will just find his way to hell. Like if this is what they are hey. Yeah. Church cry, they are quarreling like this. Church cry, they are saying that then what? I'm better off where I am, together with Satan. Hey. Jesus had some uncommitted disciples. Let's read. John chapter 6. I'm going to read just a few scriptures. In John chapter 6, Jesus, you know, he had already fed them and then he came back and people had come to gather around him. And he said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? (laughs) So, in Jesus' interpreting of himself, the people had a problem. Now, in verse 60 of the same chapter, John 6, 60, many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it? The truth is not easy, it is always hard. 
When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? I don't know. Charlie, the slowness is too much. Change. I don't, I don't expect this. Please just change right now. Are you there? Verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Do you see there, uncommitted? Then Jesus said unto the twelve, Will you go also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Whom shall we? Where should we go? If I leave, where am I going? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe that and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. A day came, Jesus was very popular on earth. Everywhere he went, people knew that he healed people, miracles were bound to follow, and everywhere that he went, you read in the Gospels many times, they say he came to the house and it was noised about that he was in town. No, there's a crowd. He didn't need a microphone, he didn't need a billboard, he didn't need a fly, he didn't need an advert. As soon as he came, there will be a crowd because people knew that things were going to happen. But the day came when he preached a very spiritual and deep message and the people did not agree with him. They didn't agree. They felt that the message was too hard. They felt that you should not say that people should be loyal. Are you there? They felt that you shouldn't say this or say that. And so Jesus all of a sudden became unpopular. And the people who were with him note that they were disciples, not just the crowd. They were disciples. That means they were followers of Jesus. And the day came when they said, we cannot accept, and they fell away. They left. The Bible says they walked with him no more. Then we see Jesus turning to the original 12 and saying that, hey, so you two, are you going to go? And today I'm asking you the question from the pulpit. You two, do you believe those things? You two, are you going to go? You're watching me on the screen. You two, you believe that? As you look at it, you think it sounds reasonable? Are you also going to go? And then Peter gave one of the best answers that I can get. <laughs> to whom shall we go? Where should we go? Where should we go? You know, people often wake up and say, I will leave the church or threaten to leave the You have no idea how difficult it is to integrate in a church. Many times by leaving, they end their Christian life. Because when you get to another church, you suddenly realize that there's nothing wrong with the church. It's perfectly okay, but you can't fit. <laughs> you can't tell me that you can't fit. You cannot fit. You see, you will be complaining in your house. My house is like this. My house is like that. But when you go elsewhere, you suddenly realize that I miss my house with, with the broken sofa, how it is, you know. I miss it. <laughs> it's my house. Oh, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Have you never gone somewhere, you have been very happy to be there, but after a while you want to come back home? Yeah. 
Recently, we were spending some time at Mampo. I mean, our place is very nice. The AC, the rooms are all AC. I mean, when I'm staying there, I don't pay the light bill. If the light, the thing starts to go pee, pee, pee. Somebody's duty to. Eh? Water heater. Please, do you have a working water heater in your house? Man, I don't have. Every bath is a warm shower. Are you here? But you know, after a while, I wanted to go home to my hot room that doesn't have a working AC. And to my bathroom, the water heater is a white elephant standing there. <laughs> That's never worked from the day it was installed till today. <laughs> oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. But I want to go home. And that is how it is when you are committed. So Peter asked the Lord that, hey, as you're asking us this question, say, where are we going? And if you are a proper church member, that should be your mind. I'm going where? Where am I going? Where am I going? To whom shall we go? Where are you going to report to yourself? Eh, prayer Basanta people, where are you going that you'll be a Basanta? Eh, is that young boy with the head up sleeping? My friend, he belongs to the, he's not well. He's not well. Then give him somewhere to lie. He shouldn't be standing in my right and my vision like that. Please. Ah, and you are a pastor, you should know. No, he's a young boy. He needs to lie down. Allow him to lie on the chairs. Ah, he's in the church. Allow him to lie on the chairs. Oh, it's not right. Yeah, he has come to church. He has a headache. He should just lie down. Yeah, he's better. Powerful. And so today, I'm just talking to you about four types of commitment. Pastor Danny, just let him lie down there. He doesn't need to go anywhere. Just let him lie down there. Powerful. Maybe you should have bought him breakfast. <laughs> Shaka basoma tanda. You don't know the hand, hunger brings headache. <laughs> okay. Four types of commitment. And I want you to listen very closely. And I'm thinking that not only for the sake of church, but even for your relationships and your friendships and even your home and where you are from. Because commitment is commitment. Are you okay? The first one, fair weather commitment. Fair weather. F-A-I-R, fair weather. Now, fair weather commitment is the commitment of people who are with you when everything is okay. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 4, that wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Do you get it? Wealth maketh many friends. In other words, when you have money, they know you. How many of you, you went in secondary school and in secondary school, they used to come around you because you have money. There are some people, as soon as your provision is finished, that's it. You don't see them again. Oh, it's true or it's not true? Yeah. Those are fair weather friends. Fair weather friends. Fair weather friends. And fair weather friends, they are there with you only when things are going well. Are you in the house? As soon as there's a little difficulty, you don't see them. Amen. Our father started out in ministry many years ago, and when the church began, nobody wanted to know him. He sought the help of others. There was a certain pastor who used to come. When the church was not a church, it was a fellowship. The man would come there, but as soon as it became a church, they went to invite the same person, and then the person said, I don't sow among thorns. Today, they are thorns. <laughs> Same people. Are you here? But when the church began to do well, 
and it began to be successful, some of the same people began to say, oh, that's my friend. Oh, I know him. Oh, we have known ourselves for many years, but you didn't say that. <laughs> it's true you have known yourselves for many years, but you were against. You are a fair weather friend. Because now the thing is working. And there are some of us who are like that. In our church, we have seasons. And when campus vacates, one whole service moves away. So when that service is back and the church is looking very full, that's when you like to come. But as soon as we come to that time of the year, some two, three months of the year, when that service, they are all at home, so it's just one service. Oh, that's when I'm going to see my grandfather, my grandmother, my sister's father's husbands. You don't want to associate. You don't want to associate. Are you in the house? We used to be part of the first love denomination. And when you were part, we were part of the first love denomination. Hey, this is my church. The day came when it was time. I, maybe we are the only church that can say with strength that the whole church was transferred. So all of us, not just the pastor, we were transferred to AA. As soon as we entered, I know some people who thought that the church would collapse and they moved away. And now when the thing did not collapse, then I saw them coming. You are not committed. There were others who say, first love, I did inside. AA, I did inside. Ask your neighbor, which one were you? Were you the type who disappeared? Hmm. Hmm. I said what? Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that is one of the reasons why crowds should never fool you. And those of you who preach, you better know. You should never begin to think you're anointed because there's a crowd. <laughs> Jesus had the had a crowd. The day he began to preach a certain truth, they walked away. Zero commitment. Fair weather commitment. Such people, you know, don't rely on them. Number two. I have just four. I'm done very soon. Situational friendship commitment. Situational. In other words, the commitment that you are seeing is just because of the situation. Mm -hmm. It's just because of the situation. The best example I can think of is when you are in secondary school, you have some friends, you eat together, bath together, go to class together, go to dining hall together, go to this together, go to that together. As soon as you finish school and you are out of school, that's it. It was the being in the situation where you were in school that caused the closeness. It wasn't a real friendship. It's also part of life. Are you here? Yeah. It's also part of life. So when you go, that's the end of it. There's no more friendship anywhere. No more contact. That's situational friendship. One day, you know, as a church, we have been in crises of different types. <laughs> So this is not the first crisis that we are seeing. The only difference is the, difference is the method of engagement. <laughs> are you here? Yeah. And it was a Sunday. My family, we had come down from Tamale because there was going to be the consecration of bishops on that particular Sunday. When we arrived at the church, at the time we just had the Collegono Cathedral, when we arrived at the church, there was a crowd. 
and a whole lot of going ons, and we wondered what is going on. And as we walked towards the church, we heard that the church was being attacked, and that various thugs and various elements who didn't like the church in the area had come to attack. Well, to whom shall we go? We have come from Tamale because of this one. That's why we came. And I remember that uh, this one too is doing what? Ashes, are you in the house and working? Uh, you should just sit up properly. Okay. Hey. <laughs> yes, it's true. I'm back. <laughs> anyway. So as we stood watching for a while, then my husband said, well, I don't want to be on the side of the crowd. These are not my people. My people are in there, so let's go. So we smuggled ourselves into the building and managed to take our children and deposit them upstairs in the tower that is by there. Then we came down. There was blood everywhere. Cars that their windscreens had cracked, all kinds of things. And the whole church was in uproar. We had carried our bishop and put him somewhere because, of course, he was the one that they were looking for. We call it, till this day, Attack Sunday. There were also church members who were on the way to church. Because of the consecration, TV3 was there. And so as the attack happened, they rolled it out on TV, live. And so some church members who were at home saw it and said, hey, what's happening in our church? And yeah, today, we will not go. There were others on their way to church who heard it on the news and turned around. But there were also others who said, no, 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 no. That's my house. If something is going on, let me go and see. Are they okay? What is happening? Attack Sunday. Hey, the church is quiet again. <laughs> Members whose commitment was fair weather, they turned away and went elsewhere never to return. But others who were committed members came in. That's my house. That's my home. That's where I'm from. I think you should put your hands together. For <laughs> Amen. Leading us directly to talk about the non-situational friendship. A friendship or a commitment that is not based upon the situation. We are just friends. We like ourselves. We love ourselves. Those whose commitment was a deep one, they just came. This is my church. This is my church. They say something is happening. I'm coming to see. Wow. Are you there? Which one is yours? Are you the type you're only with us when things are good? When we had to sit outside under canopy. There are people we never saw. <clears throat> if we see them once, we'll not see them again. Hey. Instrumentalist, I'm looking at you. There are some of you when our pianos were collapsing. You didn't know us. But is it not true? Hey, is it not true? Danny, when you were struggling with the piano, were there not some people who never turned up? It wasn't only the screen that wasn't working. The whole piano could go on holiday in the middle of the song. In fact, one Sunday, I got a text from the, 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 the leader. I said, please, oh. <laughs> the way the thing is today, I'm not even sure that it will work at all. 
Where were you? Where were you? Committed only when it is good. As soon as by the grace of God we changed it. Suddenly some people had turned up. It's a message. Yeah. Yeah. Are you there? Today I'm just challenging your commitment. Yeah. In fact, we had members of the church helping us to raise money to buy the pianos. And they began to hear comments. Ah, that if we pay our tithe, why should we contribute? Yeah. You should know that if we didn't need, we will not ask. Hey. Amen. And so you see that it has a lot to do with commitment. So those who are committed, you see they're striving. It's not dependent on the situation. There are days in every house that are not good days. And even today, as you look at your Facebook, you can see the differentiation of people. And you can see people who say that they will write, they are from elsewhere. And they come and say, hey, I'm standing with this man. I'm standing with him. My friendship is not a situational friendship. I'm standing with him. He has not made a mistake, but if even he has made a mistake, he's my friend. What will you say? What will you say? But there is yet one more level of commitment, which we'll go into. But let me first give you a scripture. First Samuel 20 and verse 17. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because he loved him, for he had loved him as he loved his own soul. You see a commitment between Jonathan and David that was deeper than what was going on around Hallelujah. Even after Jonathan died, when David had peace and had settled in his seat as the king, he even asked the question, isn't there any survivor from the house of Jonathan who I can bring and bless? This man, I was committed to him. He has died. I cannot do anything more about that. But is there even somebody just linked to him so that I can show that person some kindness? It was a very deep non-situational friendship commitment. Even though the man was dead and gone, he still held him in a certain regard. Are you in the house? Jonathan was also very committed. Initially, he didn't believe that his father was trying to kill uh, um, that's the scripture right there. He didn't believe that his father was trying to kill David. But when he found out that it was true, he left and came to tell David what you were saying is true. Flee. There are some of us, when those things happen, we start to say, oh, but the man is from my tribe, so I cannot say that it is wrong. This was Saul, Jonathan's father. But Jonathan was able to see that my father has made a mistake. He's not right in this thing. This boy had better run away. If he stays, he will die. And there are times when your commitment will pitch you one against the other thing. And that is why Jesus went on to say, that do you think I'm a man of peace? I am a man of war. And he went on to say that if you are going to be his disciple and you won't hate father, mother, sister, brother, children, and even your own life, you cannot stay with him. You cannot be his disciple. What did he mean by that? A day will come when your commitment will be tested. It will be tested. And we'll see whether you will choose your father against Jesus. Many women choose their child above Jesus. 
And that is why when finally the child grows up, uh, parents, we love our children, oh, but let me announce to you that children, they are visitors. Huh. Hmm. Ah. They are visitors. Look at their faces. I'm looking at some of them. They are visitors. They will be there. Look. After you have done your everything, they'll look at your face. Hey, Russell, did you not look at your father's face and tell him that, Daddy, I have found me a wife? Yeah. I said, I have found me a wife. Mommy, thank you for your soup. Oh. But I have seen another lady. Me, I like her. Did you not leave them? <laughs> he has added that he left fast. You are going to commit your life. That you are, so when you have to choose between Jesus and your children, they say you are choosing your children, you will be stranded like a monkey on a palm tree in the middle of the ocean. Uh, there's an island just sitting there. You'll be stranded here. So, and so, are you saying that we shouldn't love our parents? Please, you are more intelligent than that. It's the same Bible that even protects the, the place where a parent is sitting. But Jesus was just showing us something. That because of commitment, sometimes you are at a certain point where you must make a choice. You must make a choice. You must make a choice. You wonder why the Lord is blessing the prayer basanta. They pay some sacrifices that you don't pay. Yeah. Sometimes they have to hate themselves. There are times when I look at the all nights that they do and I come and beg, Pastor David, I beg you. The human beings will finish. Has it happened before or not? Have I not called you before and said that, my friend? You collapse on us. Several times. Yeah. A time will come that, Charlie, I want to sleep. But body, we ain't getting no sleep. We are needed at this time to pray. Let's go and pray. I thank God for blessing them. May they have more miracles. Yeah. I said more miracles. More testimonies. More powerful things. Yeah. More powerful things. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's only in this paper. They have to, please. Tomorrow is your day. Not today. Allow. Ah. <laughs> Allow. Eh? After all, chorus, that's where you stand here. We clap for you. Nobody claps for the prayer basanta. We don't even know that they were praying. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they do. <laughs> Hallelujah. The fourth type of commitment is the deepest marital commitment. And this is the kind of commitment you must have for everything concerning the Lord. Marital commitment is the highest level of commitment. You see, when you are maritally committed to something or to someone, you say freely. That's why a couple will marry. Now that they are maritally committed, they can afford to be naked together. But until that marriage, you dare not. Lest your naked pictures come and appear on social media. <laughs> Unless it is used to blackmail you. But if you don't pay this amount, you know those pictures, which I will release them. But now that we have signed, if you release them, crowd will say, you are an evil husband or evil wife. It cannot be. Marital commitment. When you are maritally committed to a thing, that is when your paying your tithe is not difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a problem. Because I am in it. So that's to us part. I am in it. So when they are doing, I'm doing. When it is well with everything, I'm, I'm, I'm part of it marital commitment 
Many of you are young and you probably do not remember Princess Diana of the UK. She was a very beautiful woman and people talked a lot about her. She was married to Prince Charles and Prince Charles is the one who is expected to become the next king of um, England if his mother chooses to die. She has not chosen to up till now. <laughs> are you there? But she was an exceptionally beautiful woman, very graceful and she was so popular in all the magazines and everything. When the marriage collapsed, the marriage collapsed and they divorced. She went about on her life. She was also another somebody. She had some Arab, <laughs> some Arab, not beloved boyfriend. Beloved, we say beloved when they don't sleep together before they married. They marry. Boyfriend is just anything. Anyway. Then, but anyway. Anyway, so this lady went holidaying with her boyfriend in France and they had an accident and she died when she died as the news came out that she died her ex-husband said this is the mother of my children he got up picked a flight went to Paris picked up the body brought it back for a royal burial what were you seeing? Marital commitment. I may not agree with what she was doing. I don't know what she was doing over there. I don't know why she was there. She has disgraced our name. There are a lot of issues. Everybody thinks that I'm some way. Everyone thinks that the royal house is this or that or the other. But, Charlie, there was something between us on the basis of that. Before they start to debate, so this body, who should go for it? When they bring it, how shall we bury it? Does it belong to us? Or we have to send it to her brother. Or what are we supposed... He just got up. Went and picked the body. Brought it back. This is the mother of these two princes. Let's just give her a decent burial. And they gave her marital commitment. Was showing. In the marital commitment, it's not an issue of whether the person was right or wrong. Hey. Whether the person... No, it's not that. It's like, this is my person. I am committed to you. Hallelujah. In this church, I am your pastor. I am committed to you. But I'm committed to you because my pastor is also committed to me and has sent me here. Yeah. Are you in the house? Please, oh, Ashes, I have some sleeping children. They should go to the Sunday school. Uh, you are now sitting at poetry, yeah? <laughs> hallelujah are you committed one of the interesting things I find it so interesting that the people who you see when you are committed what should I say we owe it to you because of your commitment the interesting thing is that many times the people who are committed they don't make demands and rather those who are not committed rather come with demands. We don't know whether you are a member or you are, you are just, but you are the one who expects that we should give you a loan. As you were coming, did you see savings and loans outside? Let's be serious. <laughs> Let us be serious. Eh? Media, when I said that, this and that and that, and then this, they didn't do this. They did. Many times, those who are coming with those kind of complaints, you're not committed. You're not committed. There are things that happen to committed people. Hey. Hmm. Uh, you 
just think about it yourself? Will you give your precious things to a, a stranger who's passing by, who you don't know? Who do you give your precious things to? Those who you know that their heart is for you. That's when you too, you feel free to also do things on their behalf. And today, Jesus is looking for our commitment. Many of us as believers, we are not committed. That is why we are struggling over quiet time up till today. That's why we are struggling to read our Bible up to today because we are not committed. When you are committed, you give it your best. Even though you are half asleep, you are trying to read, he knows that you are striving. But you see that when you are not committed, it's like, oh, it's not convenient. And today there's a lot of convenience Christianity. Especially in the, in the, in the word encounter service. One of the things I would really love to do is to have a convention and organize and let someone come for the word encounter service. Why don't I do it? Because I'm not sure you'll come. Your commitment it reaches somewhere, but it doesn't go far. And I'm speaking to you today and saying that improve on it. Amen? Improve on it. Yes, you're a member of the church, I know. You don't go anywhere. You are right here. But you're not inside enough. Are you with me? You're not what? Inside enough. Enter. Be fully committed. Me, I've entered. And I'm fully committed. I've entered together with my husband, my, our children, our grandchildren, everything. We're all inside. Yeah. We're all inside. Obviously, I'm not leading you to a bad place. Be committed. Be what? Committed. That is when you can invest in the church freely. Because you know that this thing, Charlie, I'm inside. When I go to Tamale, I'm moving around churches that I have invested in. I have invested in them. Why could I invest? Because I was not going anywhere. We're still around. We're still around. Ask your neighbor, your commitments know how. Your commitments know how. Recently, some people took our father on, took on the whole church system and began to write all kinds of things. You are a child of his. And you also read it and you say, mm, I mean, I used to wonder. <laughs> it's okay to say, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm committed. This is my place. This is, that should be your response. Somebody asks, you say, I don't understand everything that's going on. Obviously, you can't understand everything that's going on. But this is my house. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not repenting at all. If they call us today, I'll go and stand there and add my voice. In fact, I'm writing my article too. Yeah. 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 Because I see people writing and attacking the very foundations upon which we built the church. Saying that hey, you suffered to go on mission. Who, who have we forced to go on any mission? You go because you believe. Yeah. My husband and I, we came from Norway. Do you know Norway? The standard of living is higher than the US. We came from a place where things work. Yeah. And when we came, we were transferred. The system works on transfers to the north. And we were going a year after the Kokomba Nanumba War. And the place was still reeling from the effects of the war. And we carried our five-month baby and our two children, three children in all. 
and we went. We did not collect money from the church to transport ourselves there. We did not collect money from the church to pay for our accommodation because we were lay pastors. Today you are standing there and you are saying that you didn't know what. You want to talk about sacrifice, don't start. Don't start. Don't start. Or as though somebody owes you. We did it because we believe God. That's all. That's all. Amen. Yeah. And we went there on our own tickets. The petrol that we bought, we bought it ourselves to go. But every day, every other day, we'll get a call. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Advice. Visits. Visits. I thought after Bishop almost died on the road to Tamale, I thought he would never come again. <laughs> but he came and he came and he came to visit us. He ate the food we gave him. Many men of God, unless you take them to Five Star Hotel. Macabra, so matanda. Tamale, I don't know if they have Five Star Hotel up until today, but when we were there, we didn't have a. No, you see, I'm just saying this to say that it is people's stories you have not heard. That's why people try to make it seem as though somebody is being wicked to you. It is not wickedness. Losing, suffering, sacrificing, dying is part of the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom. That is the work of God. I said that is the work of God. When we went, we had no idea what kind of school our children would go to. Nothing. Nothing. But I thank God he's allowed us to live long enough to say that we have no regrets. Today, our children, a second generation, they have started going. Yes, and we're saying, go. It's a correct choice. Go. Again, they are, the first one has gone to Madagascar. He's a lay pastor. He works. His wife works. If not, how will it happen? How will the gospel, the gospel go? Do you know how many missionaries we have out there? 92 countries. Can you pay? I ask your neighbor, how much is your... Offering. You see, me, that is my question. Oh, that's my question to all those who say, eh, but we have offerings. Why don't they do this? It's because you don't know what it means to build a church. But God will build it with you or without you. If I were you, I'll put myself on God's side. Yeah. Are you there? From two broken pianos. We bought one. And some lovely member of the church and family said, here's the other one. Wow. Yeah. But your money is not inside. <laughs> I'm just saying it to say that I wish my money is inside so that I'll get them. That's how a church works. And every once in a while we take offerings and we just try to help these missionaries who are there and who are going. So be stable. The time has come to show whether you are committed or not. To show whether you, whether you believe. What stand do you have? Stand up and be counted. But yeah, we are on the mission field. We are moving. Because of that small going to the north that we did. And you see, God is very interesting. When we went to Tamale, if you talk about a dust bowl, it was a dust bowl. Today it's a glassy city. It wasn't like that. But today when we go back, we see the buildings of the churches we started under trees. You don't understand the feeling. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a very powerful feeling. It's like, ah! So, Lord, this church that we started that night is agro agro, no? It has become something. Oh, it's too nice. Let us commit. Amen? Let us what? Let us commit. 
Commit yourself first to God. Jesus has paid the price for us. Never doubt him. Then commit yourself to the service of that God you say that you believe. Commit yourself. Commit yourself to the house that you are in. And stop behaving like a stepchild. And stop behaving like somebody who doesn't know that they need a roof over their head. Commit. And after you are committed, defend your house. Defend it in prayer. Defend it by the word of God. Defend it by the avenues that God opens for you. Never insult anybody. Please don't descend to that level, I beg you. Yeah, because some of you in your office, they ask you questions. When they ask you questions, then you do... <laughs> Amen. And some of you, too, are trying to hide it so they don't know that you go to that church. <laughs> I'm ending. A few weeks ago, two people went to the house of a member of ours and removed all posters of the church that the person had put on her door. The person is an older lady, not very strong, but the beating she gave those two girls, I pray that the Lord will remember her and reward her. And Pastor, are you saying they should fight? I am saying that the defense of the gospel is needed. How dare you walk up to somebody's door? Is it your door? What the person has put on their door, is it, uh, do they need your permission? Oh. I am so happy that she just said, let me do what I can do. I cannot write a lot of things. I cannot say, but Charlie, I am motivated enough to let a few slaps land where they must land. Pastor, are you advocating violence? I am advocating the defense of the church. We have become a nation that wakes up and blasts our fathers. We have become a nation that speaks bad of men of God. And we are reaping the consequences. Decide that me, never. Even if I don't know what's going on, I will not, admire, I will not agree. I will not agree. And may God help us to be committed and to be faithful. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and just pray for yourself. Lord, help me to be maritally committed to you. Lift up your voice and pray. And Jesus said that you, as you know, he works through his servants and he has placed you. May you never be found fighting the one God has placed over you. Lift up your voice and pray. Hey, have you forgotten to pray how to pray since I was Lift up your voice. Help us, God. To be maritally committed. As the Lord to stabilize your heart in this place, He has put you. Lima sondo lo bosi, rande kayanda baba, ikayanda bosi, andelebe. Lima sondo lo baba baba, Father. Today we ask that you touch our hearts, cause us to be committed.
to the to you to you first of all and to the, the the father that you have given to us and help us to be committed to those who you have placed above us and over us may we not disgrace you may we not be fair weather friends but may we be found in your house all the time in the good days and the bad in the rainy times and in the sunny times in jesus mighty name have we prayed and as every head is bowed and every eye is closed you are here this um, sunday and you are somebody who goes and you come you come you've even come to church many times but you've not committed your life to the lord jesus you go and you come you're comfortable in church maybe you're even working in the church but you've not committed your life to him today i need you to give your life to him to commit it to him and watch and see the wonderful fruits that you will bear in your life and so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here this afternoon and you want to give your life to Jesus, just lift up your right hand where you are standing and we're going to pray together. Lift it up, lift up that right hand today. Lift it up, lift it up and we'll pray together. Lift up your right hand. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Oh yes. God bless you. Now, if, you're, if you have lifted up your right hand, please come to me. Come and join me right here. We're going to pray together. Come, come and join me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come and commit your life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Your heart is beating and you are saying to yourself, should I go, should I not go? It's better you come. Just come, just come. We're going to pray. Committing your life to Jesus. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Give him your life. Give him your life today. Let us pray. I want you to pray this prayer after me and those in the congregation, please help us. You want to say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Just say it after me. I come to you today. I come to you today. As a sinner. As a sinner. Please wash me. Please wash me. In the blood of Jesus. In the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. From my sins. From my sins. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. From today. From today. You are my savior. You are my savior. And you are my Lord. And you are my Lord. I thank you. I thank you. For saving me. For saving me. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Father, Amen. I pray for these ones that they will be committed to you, O oh God. May they learn to follow and to give you everything that they've got so that they will reap a reward on that day when you come for us. This I ask in Jesus name. Amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.